Uh, Luke 3, Jesus' baptism that Jesse read for us. Uh, I hope you have all your wise, well-thought-out theologies ready to go. Um, let's start. Any good water stories? I mean, oh, baptism, you've got to talk about water, right? Plenty of good water stories. Give us a good stories. water story. Well, I mean, I, got, I was baptized... I guess this isn't a good story. Whatever. I was baptized with my mom. Um, I was like three, I think. And I still remember everything. They did it in a pool in this big, huge gym that like all the, all the guys in our church were like muscle heads or whatever back then. This is non-denomination. Like you. Yeah, clearly. Like, yeah. And um, so I just remember like going in and feeling like I was down there for way too long. And I came out and like spouted all the water. I, I don't know how long they had me down there, but I spouted all this water, and I, it, the water made it all the way to my mom's feet. That's the memory that I have of being baptized. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. Was that a good Not water really. story? We used to go, okay, here's still something. still one to ten. That's a solid four and a half. <clears throat> okay, here's something really fun that we used to do. Um, as you all know, we're from Samoa, and so you when are? we, yes, when we went back, um, we, there's this cave that's like around the corner from our village bay, so like our village is a bay, and you go around the coral reef, and there's a cave, I don't know, it's like 60 feet into the air, and I think everybody in this room, well, like my family, we all dove off of the top of that thing and into like shark-infested waters. To shark-infested waters. That's well, I mean, good. they weren't infested that day. Luckily, there were no sharks. So. Um, Marilyn, just like, good to know. Marilyn says the mic isn't working. Is that better? Um, because if not, I don't know what to do. Uh, we are working on getting back to corded mics, uh, but that involves running. So for those of you who are, are largely online right now, we'll get there, but give us a couple weeks. Um, Hawaii, when we went on our honeymoon, we took this tour. Uh, Kristen, where did we go? It was the boat. It was like four, there was four tourists and one uh, tour guide, and it was the choppiest waters I think I've ever been on. It was terrifying. The boat, the boat was bouncing and bouncing, and then it kind of calmed down, and I'm terrified of sharks. So the thought of him telling us to jump out in these waters that probably had sharks, like Kristen's all go for it. The other two people that were from Minnesota, they were like, go for it. And here I am like, we could die. But then he took us and I was faced with this one. It was probably my, the most fun I've had in water, but also the most terrifying. They took us up against this island that you couldn't go on because it was like a bird haven or something. Oh, this yeah. is around Maui. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, he took the boat to the, far, the closest he could get and then he told us to jump in the water and swim to this certain part that he pointed out. And essentially, if you got in this place, it turned into an elevator shaft. And so the water would rise and fall and rise and fall. It was like the most fun ever for the brief seconds I could take my mind off the fact that there was probably a shark under me getting ready to bite my ankle. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Any good water stories? Uh, nothing that dramatic. Um, <laughs> I just want to know... Um, Lorenzo, have you ever uh, spit on your mom's feet uh, since then? Wow. <laughs> no. I would hope not. Bad idea. Yeah, no. I'm still here, so my, no. My water story is up in Randall, Washington. Um, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, we would go up into uh, Cispus Lake, which was a little pond, really. But it was cold. It was in the, it was in, you know, you know where Randall is. It was up by, yeah. Nobody knows where Randall is. Well, it was up by uh, Mount St. Whatever, Helens, I guess it is. And uh, that was so cold. And we'd go up there at night, and we would bring two or three cars and put the car lights on them because it's already dark, and we would dive into the coldest water in the world and just swim and have such a fun. That, that was refreshing. Like the other water story I remember is back in the day when 
you were just at a youth group, but like these is, this is when Jordan and Alex, Christian, were all in youth group. Christian, I don't know if you remember this, going to Sun Lakes. And um, in my youth ministry career, I'd always been opposed to uh, the teens in my groups diving off of that tall rock that Teddy would take us to. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently somewhere between me going to college and coming back, Kristen and other people had become okay with you guys doing these dangerous things. And so you are all diving off of this insanely dangerous leap, and I'm the cool youth leader, so I, I like spend 27 minutes working up the courage to do it, and I finally do it, and I jump, and I do not put my body in the right way, and I come down like this, and it was like the most painful experience of my life. Because water is evil. I remember. Do you? Yeah. It was so painful. Yeah, I love that, though. I have bad memories at Sun Lakes. No, me. I loved it. I jumped twice. Okay. Um, water. So I, I let all this. When were you baptized? I was baptized twice. That's not allowed. I know. But that was before anybody told me it wasn't allowed. Okay. What were you? And I was thinking, the important part of this, I was thinking about being baptized again before Jesus <laughs> instructed me that... Well, actually, Jesus instructed me before the church did. And I was on a retreat, personal prayer retreat, up in Idaho at the same lake I was taken to to be baptized when I was eight or nine. And back in those days, the evangelical church did a stupid thing. They took you away into a revival camp kind of mode, away from your family that ought to be there in a baptism because a baptism ought to be a whole church experience. So I was baptized there. But as I was standing looking at the lake, um, Jesus reminded me of that baptism. And asked me if I remembered, and I did. And Jesus reminded me that he was there, more importantly, mm. and that that had never not taken, and I didn't need to think about it being taken again, whatever my internal struggles. Are there, are there, I was baptized as an infant. I was three. Any other infant baptisms in here? You know, Susan, that causes quite a fight in the evangelical church. There's a lot of people that would say it didn't count, but they're wrong. Hands there, hands there. Yeah, okay, you? I, no, I was just going to say that sort of unofficially I dipped Eleanor in the lake when she was about two weeks old. Hmm, I mean, that's... This was like matching, but it was really cold. And then she kept her in a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> we, we put Tanner under as an infant, and he to this day will not put his head under the water again. I think we scarred him, so... Um, baptism, by the way, if you haven't noticed, we're talking a lot about water, a lot about baptism today. Uh, question, how many people, how many people did you baptize when you were senior pastor? Have I, uh, baptized more than you yet? No, you haven't. I, Cause um, I, we're going to get there. How many here was baptized, uh, through, by me? We should do a quick poll, um. No, I baptized, and, and I baptized a lot of infants, too. I, I remember, I have a picture of your baptism. I, st- I need to find it. Tanner, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, Patterson. Honest question, honest question. Have you, was there, has there ever been anyone in this church that you've baptized that once you got them under the water, you're like, I could hold them under for a while? Yeah. Uh, of course not. I mean, there definitely, <laughs> there's definitely no one like that for me, Joe Miller. I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. However, I don't know if this is too early. The, the one person I've baptized that I have no doubt that's when they received the Spirit was Pengy. He had been off of heavy drugs for a year. 
He had been following, asking all kinds of faith questions, which for us Amon is amazing, um, and as to whether he really wanted to affirm it. And on his baptism, you, his face changed. It went from the hardened look he had to the soft look he has today. And you could see it on his countenance. You could see it in his spirit. He received the spirit in that moment. That's beautiful. Baptism. Lorenzo, give us your best baptismal sermon in 30 seconds. Oh, my God. Okay. You Literally. Not, hold on. You're not allowed. To, okay, Sarah, can you take your phone out? Open the notes section for when you and I do this. No taking the Lord's name in vain. I didn't. I was actually asking him for help. <laughs> um, that was a prayer. Yeah, no, seriously. I was talking to him. Um, see, okay, so my task whenever I am asked to be at the pulpit is to write us Where's into, your pulpit? into the story. And so, you know, in the, um, the morning drive, which was my notice that I was going to be doing this, I, um, <laughs> I thought that the only way for me to write myself into the story is um, as one of, I mean, they don't even get a name. They're just the people who were coming to John um, in the wilderness to be baptized. Um, for, and we don't know any of their struggles. We don't know um, why they were there that day, but I was one of them. That's probably my sermon. That's all right. It's probably better than mine. Thanks. <laughs> um, let's see if in, I've, how long have I been here now? Eight, nine years? I think Something I've been like here nine that. years, um, and out of those nine years, bro has been here for at least one of those years. <laughs> <laughs> like all together? <laughs> uh, that came to me right now. Sorry. I hope that's he was, okay. He, he's about to do a second. <laughs> um, I want to, this is a test. Mm. We're going to see if you've been paying attention. Okay. okay. When you talk about baptism and water and the connection between baptism and water, I am absolutely convinced that scripturally there are three Old Testament stories we have to think about if we're going to get oh, this right. No. Let's see if you can get, um, you better okay. get at least two of the three. A creation? Okay, creation, why? Okay. Um, because of the, the tohu and the bohu and the chaos and the, all of that, right? Water to... By the way, you're not yeah. supposed to say the tohu and the bohu. Oh, okay. Because you know why? Why? Because now we're online. And, oh. And, and people listen and they might figure out that I just blatantly stole that from two people. Oh, that's all right. Do you want to know who I stole it from? Ooh. One was Rob Bell. The other, Pastor, Pastor Mark Woodward's uh, brother-in-law. Oh, yeah. No, but we know those things. Are so right. we're not supposed to... Anyways. You know, so then there's that. And then um, the only other two that I could think of is Noah and then Moses. No. What about Jonah? Oh, well, that, I, Wait, mean, just... well I mean, if you're going to put that okay, up against so, like Okay, so Genesis. Noah. Dad, tell us why Genesis matters and the, the, the watery chaos. Give us the best uh, Pastor Terry 30-second rundown. The world was created according to Genesis, not from nothing, but from the chaos that surrounded. That was the ancient worldview, and that was the context. God brought from chaos shalom, peace, wholeness. In the same sense, we reintroduced chaos in chapter 6 through, and chapter 3 through our sinfulness, and God brings through the watery baptism shalom, peace, reconciliation. Yep. yep. So water, when you read Genesis, that first poem in chapter 1, Water equals chaos. And the way that God creates in that poem is this movement from watery chaos to shalom goodness, okay? 
So, so when you think baptism, you think water, you need to connect that dot. The second one you said, I wasn't even thinking about Noah's Ark, but certainly, there, yeah, that's another pathway with the rainbow. Um, Exodus, why Exodus? Yep. Um, I mean, specifically the parting of the Red Sea and the moving from one, I guess you could call it life, to another, to the actual, yep. well, trying to move to the actual life. That was a sprinkling baptism. So, yeah. Very good, Pastor. I don't get it. <laughs> they walked on dry lead. <laughs> it's still relevant. I'm sorry. It's true. Sarah, can you take your phone out again? In the notes section, can you write down, if you're going to try and give a joke, it has to be good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bapti- that was their baptismal moment. They entered in the waters as slaves. So they arrived at the water's edge, and in front of them was this chaos Behind them was that, that which had oppressed them and enslaved them. And, and in this deep sense of calling that God was liberating them to a new identity, they choose to enter into the chaos because they would not go back to slavery. And in entering into their baptismal identity, the waters of chaos, the chaos is removed and they enter into the, 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 the hopeful future of a shalom. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to the third one. You don't have any other guess? No, wait, no, I don't think so. Okay, I do. The Old Testament is a lot. There's a lot that happens. What's your guess? Uh, I would guess two, actually, and I think they're both relevant, Job and Nahum. Both the key is, is that uh, both would be wrong. you do not have to be righteous to come into baptism. You simply have to be authentic. That may be true, that. but that's not the answer I was looking for. The answer I was looking for is uh, um, Joshua. Nicholas, this is oh, your Joshua okay. reference. Okay. Joshua, they've, they've come out, they've been liberated, they've gone through the waters of baptism, they've right. spent 40 years, remember that, yeah. 40 years in the wilderness, and now they're getting ready to go into the promised land, and the story goes that there is the water, it's at flood stage, and the priests carrying the ark step their feet in the water, and the water recedes. Now, oh, wow. I'm going to ask, this is, a, this is a question of the congregation. Ken Senior, I fully expect you to get this. Where did the water bro, Where did the water recede to? Oh wow. When they're going into the promised land, Joshua is taking the, the second crossing. They're gonna go and they're gonna take out Jericho. Um, and they they go into the water. And the water recedes to where? No. Anybody else? The water recedes to This is good. This is good for our discussion today. The city of Adam. Uh, yep. It literally says the city of Adam. The city of Adam. Now, hold that literary brilliance aside until we come back to it. Sarah, take it from me. I want you to write down that when Sean decides to get, this is in Joshua, when Sean decides to get nerdy and no one else cares, you have to pretend to care. I don't know if I'm up for this. Okay, no, you can do it. Um, quick question to Pastor Terry. Uh, we need some uh, historical genius. Baptism in the, kind of, in the time of Jesus. I, there's various... Um, it's all over the map. Some people say only the gen- baptism was only for Gentiles who, uh, after they got snip, 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 then they got baptized and it was identity and, and they became Jewish. Some people said this idea of baptism was very common in that day, the mikvahs uh, and, and ceremonial cleansing. Can you give us your best? I'll give you 37 seconds. On baptism in the time of Jesus. 
baptism as in terms of the unrighteous in Judaism was excluded, was for... Baptism uh, was for Gentiles only in official Judaism. It was for converts who had gone through a year's process of conversion and repentance. Um, ritual baptisms, which identified that you were keeping yourself clean, was for Jews. The radical thing was the Essenes, John the Baptist, and Jesus was baptizing everyone. My, uh, I'm gonna, let, me, let me throw you the question, then I'll go get another mic. Um, John the Baptist shows up in the exact spot that Joshua led the people crossed. There has to be some connection there. And he preaches this baptism of repentance and fire. What on earth is John up to? Is this just a hellfire brimstone preacher, or is there more going on? Oh gosh, there has to be more going on, and that's probably a question for Pastor Terry again. Well, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> he just slid that to me. Uh, That's too much. That's there's, a lot. there's a lot going on there. Um, yeah. Number one, no, he's not a hellfire brimstone preacher. I mean, he is that, but that's to mishear him. He is telling anyone. I mean, think about what the texts say. Roman soldiers came to him. Tax collectors came to him. Prostitutes came to him. Anyone who felt hungry and in need because they were unrighteous came to him, and he received them and gave them the sign of God's presence. That was unheard of. That was radical. And these are Jews, okay? And except for the Roman soldiers. Um, you you want to talk about the Adam thing? Not yet. Okay, go ahead. That's that's what I got. Who's leading this conversation? I'm sorry. It's it's the next thing to talk about. It's okay. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. Unless you want to lead it. No. You could lead it and I'll... That'd be fun. Um, just kidding. Uh, yeah, mental... So, I think that's important though. John... John is calling people out to the wilderness, to the place where they crossed over to the promised land to baptize them that would have been deeply connected to the Exodus story, deeply connected to the entry into the promised land. And so we cannot miss the political sense in which John at some level is saying, we mucked this thing up and we need a redo. And so symbolically, I am calling people, I'm calling my people out, and, and not just my people, I'm calling everyone out, back to where we were, symbolically to enter the waters, because we need a fresh start. Um, we need to get it right. Fair? Yeah, it speaks to me of, of, um, of unification, I think, too, when you're talking about um, the political aftermath of, of what all of those teachers did in the Jordan River. Um, people could have come from all over to that natural boundary um, and have been baptized by them no matter where their uh, national affiliation lay. And it also speaks to, in addition to that, something just as radical, and that is Jesus really built upon it even more than John. That is, God has come. God is here. Repent. In other repent. words, the very coming of God requires a response of repentance, whereas it was always the difference. Repent, 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 get righteous, then God will come and baptize you. And I think we need to clarify what repentance is there. It's not feel bad. 
I mean, there's, there's a certain level of, of honoring where you have... Um, there's a certain level of experiencing that which we have been culpable of disturbing the shalom that God intended. But it's not simply feel bad for feel bad's sake. Feel bad because you watched Yellowstone and that has bad things in it, right? Which, by the way, if you need a new show, Yellowstone. So good. Um, repent really is this worldview reorientation. It's, it's reorient the way you see the world. And more importantly, the way you see God and God's presence. Um, why did Jesus get baptized then? If Jesus is the, 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 the son of God, if Jesus is faultless, if Jesus didn't sin, um, Ken Senior quoted it today that Jesus never changes. If, okay, if he's the sinless one, why does Jesus need to go into the waters of baptism, Lolo? I mean, even John the Baptist asked Jesus that same question. Um, and I guess that the Lord said so that all things could be fulfilled in their... All righteousness could be fulfilled. Right. In their right time. Or am I adding that? But yeah, um, Jesus, um, Jesus was very much, uh, he, the scriptures referred to him as son of man, and he, he loved to call himself that too um, for a reason. And I think that he stood as, um, as our representative, I guess, as the common man. Um, but he was, he was also um, loyal to um, to what the law demanded. It's weird to say things like that because he's kind of, he's, he's obviously even bigger than that, but um, for that moment, I think that was part of it. I think the fulfillment in addition to that, and I think it's all true. First of all, I don't think we should, we, Jesus never said he did not sin. The church has always said that. The writers said that, and I believe that. Heresy. No, no, I believe that. That's not my, that's not my point. Jesus, when he was said, uh, he was called good, he says, don't call any human good. There's only one. So uh, we, we shouldn't take from him humility, but I don't think that's the primary thing Jesus is doing here. I think he is saying the waters in all time, in all human history up to this point, represented hell. It represented the place of the demons. It represented the most important and deepest fears of humanity. I must as the son of man, go under the water. I must face it down for every human being who will ever live. Okay, nerdy moment. Bro, are you ready? I want you to rate this nerdy moment on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, the nerdy moment. Nerdy theological moment. <laughs> you haven't even heard it. Did you say zero? She did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. No, I, I have so, a point. <laughs> Calm down. We're not I have a yet. point to make in Honey Girl so rudely. <laughs> it Nerdy is mom. good to have you. Um, it's, it was good to have you. <laughs> okay, thank Joshua. Joshua, they're going into the promised land. They cross into their baptismal waters. The waters recede to the city of Adam. Adam, who we know, the Adam, the first human created, humanity. Jesus enters into the waters of baptism and the very next thing that happens in the Gospel of Luke is Luke gives us a genealogy. And most of us would say, 
I'm looking at you, so I need you to like this. Most of us would say, why on earth do you give us like 70 people named after the baptism? That's the most boring thing you could ever do. It's always also put the genealogy first. It's the introduction. Yeah, Matthew does. Why can't Luke? But unlike Matthew's genealogy, which goes back to Abraham, Luke's genealogy goes all the way back to Adam. Let's connect those. In Joshua, they enter into the baptismal waters, and the waters recede all the way back to Adam. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke tells the story that Jesus goes into the baptismal waters, and the very next thing we get is a genealogy that goes all the way back to Adam. Is Luke doing something? Is Luke playing like a this is us thing with us, jumping in timelines, oh. doing little fun things? It's such a way to tell the story, to connect the dots that says, hey, 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 pay attention to this Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he's the new Adam, new creation. Yeah. <laughs> Not the mic drop. Second chapter of Acts. Second chapter of Acts is my favorite Christian rock group of the day. And they have a phrase that says that Jesus takes the sin out of sinning. I think it's profound. I think it could be taken in all kinds of weird, wrong ways, but I think it is still profound. No, we can watch Yellowstone now. <laughs> that's the weird, wrong ways. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We, Thanks. Um, we got to close, but there's some things we got to hit first. Um, I want to get everyone to respond to this phrase. You two first, and then we'll take a poll. Mom, do you hate this discussion as much as you hate most Hold of it. them? There's something you're leaving out here. No, there's not. No, there's a nerdy thing you need to say. Oh, there is? The, the, the second Adam, God is also affirming that. This is my son. No, stop. You are. <laughs> Sorry. Sarah. I don't like Right. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. Baptism needed Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's why we. That's that's that. Honey girl, is that? That's why we baptize infants. Baptism is for adults. Is our testimony of our following in part for. Adults of faith who are baptizing their children, it's also a witness to the world and to the church community that we together are carrying this child into Christ. But baptism before it's anything else is God coming to us. That's the whole point. That's why we baptize children. It's a covenant relationship. I think that, um, that actually uh, like everything needed Jesus, obviously, but um, specifically the people of, of worship needed him in in every facet of our ritual, whether it was um, baptism or eating together or whatever common thing, the Lord needed to stand and affirm um, in every moment. So yeah, baptism de definitely needed him. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have come otherwise. Yeah, it's like the ancient creed that says Jesus descended to hell, hell Hades, the place of the dead, right. whatever. Yeah. Well, if Jesus has gone down to hell, then now there is no place where God's love has never been. Right. And so if God's love has even gone to the place of the dead, yeah. what is death? Right. 
lightning round, and then our evangelical moment. Where did Kristen go? Dominic, I'm going I'm to volunteer you. When I tell you, can you just hit the next slide? We're like two minutes away. Um, 30 seconds each. We'll go Lorenzo first, then you. Uh, lightning round. What, does it, what is the significance of this text when we are told that heaven opened? What would it look like to live as people of faith, believing that there is a worldview where heaven is not closed to this world, but heaven is deeply open and deeply overlapped in this world. One of the um, sermons that kept me coming here from a long time ago... Um, no, no, no. No, 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 no. There, are, there were many of those, but no, for Sean, because um, I had not really... Kept you around. from coming here? No, that kept me here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, because I, I hadn't really been here during Sean's earlier sermons, but I, I don't know. Bro, when, bro knows what that's like. When did I show up? Like a year in or something? And um, you had held this sign or something like a big paper banner, and you like broke through it and oh, yeah. said something like, um, heaven, it's not about us getting to heaven, it's about heaven breaking into I remember that. Um, I so 42nd and Juno or whatever, you know, this is, and that's kind of what, where you're going with that kind of reminds me of that. Um, and I, I did stick around because I, I also believe that too. Um, so yeah, have, seeing the heavens open up, I mean, we could only imagine what that's like, but in the meantime, maybe, um, maybe that's what we're supposed to be um, directing other people toward um, or, or, or trying to give them um, that, same, that same vision. Let's give everyone homework. Everyone, you have homework. This week, post a picture, Insta story, Facebook somewhere, and hashtag it, Heaven's Opened. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, Where do you see do heaven it. open this week? And then tag Wesley Alnaz so we get it. We are a people um, of two traditions. They're both valid. Revivalistic tradition, you see that in this text uh, with the revivalist and with the Baptist, and a tradition of sacraments. We believe God comes in physical sign. Heaven opened and the Spirit came down on Jesus like a dove, a physical sign. Baptism is a physical sign of God's presence. Both are present. God is in both. Okay, 30 seconds again. We'll go to you first this time. What is the significance? You tried to rush this one, but now you get your chance. You are my son, and you I am well pleased. And no, you're not talking to me here. You're talking about God the Father to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It has multiple layers, but the one where I was going... In, was simply, this is the new human. This is my son. This is what humanity actually looks like. Shalom has come again. I often wonder um, what types of conversations that the Lord had with um, the Lord. Well, how, y- y'all know what I'm saying. So like when the Christ came down and he would pray, he, he prayed many times in scripture, um, to God, and and I often wondered what those conversations might have sounded like, and maybe this time humanity was graced with, um, you know, um, actually being allowed to hear the other side of the conversation. That's good. Mm. That's good. All right, evangelical moment. Are you ready? You ready? Do it. <laughs> Dominic, hit the slide. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> Who wants to go first? You go first, but I, I just got—I just got to yeah, say, this, this is not the revivalist side. 
new creation, new song. I can go first, um, pretty much because I, I mean, when I said what I would preach in a sermon about writing ourselves into the story and that we are the losers and broken walking into the river asking John to help us. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what you've gone through um, in the past year, past two years. It all seems like a blur to me. Um, maybe it's the same for you, but even if that um, we're not there at the River Jordan, there's no man dressed in animal furs and eating bugs. Um, that that river still is that river still flows. It's still there and it's still waiting. Um, I I can't think of a um, of a single thing that would impend you from coming forward. Um, when now, now it's it's not John the Baptist they're now calling you. It's it's the Lord Himself, and um, yeah, whenever you um, decide that you'd uh, like to answer the call of that river, it's, it's always there. It's always been there. Uh, my evangelical moment is, uh, if you read the text, w- w- uh, where does heaven open? Um, where, where do we see the pleasure of God? This is my son in whom I am well pleased because apparently God is someone who experiences pleasure. It happens as Jesus was praying. And like I sometimes we, I think, talk about prayer through really legalistic terms, like you have to have your 15 minutes in the morning, and you have to sit down with no music on and no distraction, fold your hands. And, and I think really prayer is contemplation. Prayer is, prayer is space. It's moments. It's relationship. It's source. Um, and... And I think there's a space in the busyness of our culture to intentionally set aside parts of who we are for the conversation of silence that, that I think is prayer. And, and that when we do that, I think we will be surprised at the ways in which heaven breaks in. The uh, rivers of the Jordan were muddy. It was a dirty river. It's an Old Testament story of Nahum uh, from an unrighteous enemy of Israel who wanted to uh, be healed, and God said, go, go, go uh, into the River Jordan and, and go underneath its muddy waters, and he initially didn't want to do that. So here's the point. Jesus is at the Jordan. He is you. He is me. He knows all the mud all the corruption, all the distance, all the sadness. And the Father is saying, I am pleased with you because I know who you will one day be in Jesus Christ. I also know who you are right now. Not angry with you. I love you. I'm pleased with so many things that even in your brokenness are coming true. You're on a journey. I am pleased. So when God says that of his son, he's saying that of each of us because that's the whole point. Jesus stands in for us as the new Adam. Thank you. This was a lot more fun than it would have been if I would have come up with something on my own. That was fun. Um, Here's what we'll do. First of all, uh, Bonnie, Pastor Bonnie says, hi, honey girl, and that she misses you. And uh, she says, hi to Lolo. 
she doesn't hi, miss Bonnie. you, but she says hi. And Bonnie doesn't say hi to any of you all and doesn't miss any of you, only Honey Girl. So um, we're going to sing a song. And uh, as we sing, I would invite you to come forward and to grab the communion elements um, so that we can come to the meal together. Uh, and then, Dad, I'm going to hand you the mic. And would you walk us into communion today after the song is uh, sung? Here you go, sir. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> 